Welcome to the Late Night Fright Horror and Sci-Fi Movie Podcast. I am Dan. And I am Faith. We are so glad to have you here with us this evening. Whether you're a vampire, a monster from the depths, or a rampaging, murdering werewolf, some bitch, we're so glad to have you here with us on the Late Night Fright. We have some full moon fever tonight. We do indeed, but before we howl at the moon, we'd like to let you know that you can get in touch with us at latenightfrightpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from each and every one of you. Tell us your favorite horror movie, who your favorite creature is, tell us how we're doing, and feel free to recommend a movie. If you feel so inclined, leave us a review on iTunes and tell all your friends about us. Now that the shameless self-promotion is over, let's get to it. 1941's The Wolfman, 1981's An American Werewolf in London, 2021's Werewolves Within, these are films we've covered on the show and might hold a clue as to the creature lurking at the heart of tonight's movie. It's a movie with a new twist on a classic monster, and it's really pretty good. Faith, what is tonight's film? Tonight we have the 2021 fantasy horror mystery, The Cursed, from writer-director Sean Ellis. A pathologist in rural 19th century France is investigating a supernatural menace that threatens a small village. Originally titled Eight for Silver, The Cursed is a new take on the werewolf genre and has received mostly favorable reviews from critics and audiences alike. It is indeed a new take on the werewolf genre and it's also rooted in the classic horror films from the two greatest houses of horror ever, Universal and Hammer. This is the kind of film that Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee would have been right at home in. As this is a newer film, we're going to do our best not to spoil tonight's picture, but I will go ahead and tell you this. We both really liked it. A lot. A whole lot. The Curse tells the story of a village in rural 19th century France that is cursed by a nomadic clan of Roma. The Roma have a legitimate claim on lands owned by the ruthless and brutal land baron Seamus Laurent, portrayed by Alistair Petrie. With the approval of the town elders, Seamus leads a slaughter of the Roma clan. Foreseeing their impending destruction, the Roma cast a pair of silver wolf fangs for, prote for protection. In a brutally sadistic scene, one of the Roma has his hands and feet cut off and is then lashed to a cross and erected as a scarecrow to serve as a warning to others who may try to settle the land. The female Roma leader is burned a lot, buried alive excuse me, with the silver fangs clutched in her grasp. These fangs will be the source of the curse that falls on Seamus Lorentz village. The attacks of a wild animal will catch the attention of pathologist John McBride, played by Boyd Holbrook. McBride has experience with the beast terrorizing the village and has a dark personal secret. Writer-director Sean Ellis is an Academy Award nominee for his short film Cashback, which he also turned into a feature-length film. He's also responsible for the horror film The Broken and the World War II film Anthropoid. Star Boyd Holbrook is a familiar face to movie audiences for his roles in films such as Gone Girl, The Predator, and the 2017 Marvel film Logan. He'll next be seen with Harrison Ford in the new Indiana Jones adventure. Starring with Holbrook are Kelly Riley as Isabel Laurent. She appeared as Mrs. Watson in the two Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes films and currently stars in the television series Yellowstone with Kevin Costner. In addition to Alistair Petrie, the cast is rounded out by Roxanne Duran, Nigel Betts, and Stuart Bowman, with the Laurent children being portrayed by Amelia Crouch 
and Max McIntosh. There you have it. We are going to take a short break, and when we get back, we are going to have a mostly spoiler-free discussion of The Cursed. We've got werewolves of a sort, and all of the fake news not fit to print. You're listening to the Late Night Fright Horror and Sci-Fi Movie Podcast. We will see you on the other side. here we go the cursed before we get into it how are you doing tonight faith i'm doing all right how are you doing i'm doing good retrograde hitting you any yes (laughs) we're currently in the middle of mercury retrograde and for all of you out there that are astrologically inclined our apologies exactly we know you're feeling (laughs) it we've been feeling it. it's weird isn't it it's very strange before we get into the cursed uh we have a little bit of housekeeping in our last episode, Werewolves Within, I mentioned that the actor who played Wyndham Earl on Twin Peaks, and he also played Larry Loomis in Lodge 49, passed away. I could not remember his name. His name was Kenneth Welsh. I meant to say his name at the end of that episode. It, it got away from me. You know how it is when, when you're doing things. But Kenneth Welsh passed away at 80. He was a very good actor. Please check out his work. He was great on Twin Peaks. He was great in that series, Lodge 49. So here we go. Uh, The Curse, this is a newer film. We've been skewing newer over the past few weeks, and we're going to skew new for the next couple of weeks. What do you think of The Curse? This this was pretty good. Oh, I was was a fan. This movie is very new feeling, but old feeling at the same time, which I think is... Treads a treads a fine line. It does. It feels fresh, but it feels like a classic horror movie. And yeah, yeah, it's just I really thoroughly enjoyed this. I admire it for that, if yeah. nothing else. And I admire a lot about this movie. So let's get right cool. into it. Story's great. We're gonna try to to go spoiler free. I think we can go spoiler free tonight. Uh, if we do spoil it, I apologize. Uh, but what we're gonna talk about tonight doesn't really have to do with plot elements so much. Um, Please watch the movie, though. I think you're really going to enjoy it. So there's a spoiler. You're going to enjoy the movie. Uh, we were, As we were watching it, we were making a list uh, in our heads and then collectively of films that it seems to be referencing, and it really does have its roots in classic horror. Maybe the greatest werewolf movie of all time, and if not the greatest, the most influential werewolf movie of all time, The Wolfman. You have a Roma curse in that Uh Poor Larry Talbot, played by Lon Chaney Jr., gets bitten by the one and only Bella Lugosi, and he is then cursed. The werewolf, as we talked about in the episode that we did recently on Werewolves Within, is usually portrayed as a tragic sort of figure. Lon Chaney's Larry Talbot is is the classic example of that. Little different take on it tonight. Mm-hmm. Little different. We've also got a little bit of Drag Me to Hell, Sam Raimi's film from 2009. That's another one that we did recently and both really enjoyed it. And we've got a curse there that won't end until it just absolutely consumes the victim. These, These Roma curses, as portrayed in horror films, are like the Terminator. 
they just don't stop. <laughs> right. They will not stop until they consume you. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. This movie, what I liked about this movie, and I have this issue with modern horror a lot of times. I don't know if you do. I feel that there's not a lot of atmosphere in the oh, movies. Yeah. I, feel I, that I feel that some of these movies go for uh, quick and easy and cheap jump scares, uh-huh. and they substitute gore and body mutilation mm-hmm. and things of that nature uh, for true primal fear you know, and terror. This movie has a lot of atmosphere, and it does indeed remind me very much of a Hammer production. Oh, it does. <laughs> it uh, really does. Anytime that you get uh, fog sitting mm-hmm. on a European village, it reminds me of Hammer. You know, all of those great Hammer movies have the look of, you know, uh, and they actually did Hound of the Baskervilles, but as Arthur Conan Doyle described the fog on the moors in Hound of the Baskervilles, and they all have that <laughs> great look to them. And this has fog in it, and it has. Uh, we're in France, but still, it's it's European enough, right. you know. And it just, it was just screaming hammer. Oh, it was screaming and it's hammer. Beautiful, and I was waiting for Peter Cushing to, you know, pop out. And then I'm like, wait, this is a new movie. I tell you, Peter Cushing, <laughs> uh, Peter Cushing in the Boyd Holbrook role, and Christopher Lee in the role of Seamus Laurent, the Land Baron, uh-huh. and, I, and I think this thing goes right. Yeah. I think it goes. Can we bring it back from the dead? Gosh, I wish we could. <laughs> I wish we could. So it has that going for it, which is a big plus. Then we're also referencing John Carpenter's version of The Thing. There's an autopsy scene that straight up is lifted from The Thing, and the director, Sean Ellis, said it was. And they even say, burn The Thing, which is exactly what, what is said at Outpost 31 in, in that film. Then we've got a little bit of alien and predator. We've got a beast that's hunting unsuspecting people. We got a little bit of a nightmare in Elm Street in there too. And we've got uh we've got a shared dreamscape. We've got Old Testament, Wrath of God, real rain of fire, sins of the parents being foisted upon the children. We've 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 seen that before. That's that's, yes, that's Fred Krueger. <laughs> but but there was a definite Elm Street vibe with with yeah. that aspect mm-hmm. of it. And then that real biblical thing, you know, with uh, you know, they have 30 pieces of silver, you know, and that mm-hmm. goes back to Judas and the crucifixion of Jesus right. Christ. And again, that curse being foisted upon the children who had nothing to do with, with any what it. happened <laughs> right. to the Roma, mm-hmm. you know, but yet they are cursed. Mm-hmm. And that respect also reminds me of Drag Me to Hell, you know. Right. That movie was fascinating because you have two people in the wrong and it's never quite made right, you <laughs> exactly. know. You know, it, it complete overreaction on on you know by both parties in that movie. Right. And then we also had a reference to a movie that I know you really like, Jeepers Creepers. And anytime I see a scarecrow now in a horror film, I think of Jeepers Creepers mm-hmm. because that thing's terrifying. So did you did you catch the Jeeper, Jeepers uh, oh, Creepers? Oh, I vibe? did. Oh, yeah. of course I did. We did that on our. Did we do? We Jeepers? sure did. Okay. Yes. I couldn't remember if we did. You know, we've we sure done three thousand. We've films. done. Yeah. <laughs> That was uh we did that. It was a Halloween episode. Uh, and that was the weekend that uh, Sean Connery passed away. We, that's right. we talked about him on that episode. I that's why I remember that episode. That's right. That movie always freaked me out. That movie <laughs> should freak you out. It's it's terrifying. 
So, well, we have a we have a werewolf movie here. Uh, it is a it is a werewolf movie of of sorts, but we don't have any of the classic werewolf tropes, and I find that very interesting. What did you think about this take on the werewolf? It's very it it feels unfamiliar, you know, but it's kind of interesting to see this different take because it it feels fresh and and new and I don't know I thought it was really cool I did too uh it, it definitely does something different with the material I applaud it for that the, uh, it's it, almost more I guess I go back I think maybe an American werewolf in London was maybe for me the most like the creepiest Absolutely, but you know, I, I, I caught a vibe from that too. Again, anytime I see Moors and Fog, I'm uh, Hammer. But also when uh, David Naughton and uh, Griffin Dunn were walking out there, uh-huh. you know, right? It, and there's there's a couple scenes in this that really you got to have fog and really <laughs> reminded me of of American Werewolf in London, mm-hmm. which is trying to be the Wolfman, you know. Right. But then you think of the Wolfman. And he's creepy, but you have that sympathetic quality yeah. aspect to him. This here is something so different, and it's really, really terrifying. Like it's a pure yeah. beast. You know, like yeah, it's an interesting take because let me, let me read what what he said. So, as we've said, sympathetic quality to Larry Talbot, mm-hmm. played by Lon Chaney Jr. He didn't ask for that, and he's trying to actively rid himself of that. Right. There's a sympathetic quality to David Naughton's character in American Werewolf in London. He didn't ask for that, and and unfortunately, yeah, you feel bad for him. Yeah, you re- you really do. <laughs> you both do. both of them, those two you kids, do. end up dead by the end of that movie. Um, John Landis, the director of an American Werewolf in London, said the werewolf is a metaphor for having an affliction. So he likened it to having a disease such as cancer or something, something that you can't get rid of. Mm-hmm. Sean Ellis says he was trying to portray addiction. Uh, he says, you're not changing into something. You're actually becoming a prisoner of it. So you're actually trapped inside the beast. That, I like that. Yeah, which then kind of ties into the thing uh-huh. aspect of it. So there's a little bit of traditional werewolf mm-hmm. going on, and then there's real creature feature going on oh, with yeah. it, too. <laughs> and so you don't have the traditional lore of, like, the full moon and the wolf's bane blooming it, it's it's re- it's really cool. It's it's a, it's a cool take because you kind of know what's going on. And I remember at one point during the movie, I said, "I'm not quite sure what is going on," but I'm, but, I'm but like you're it. so <laughs> invested with the movie, you are that that you go with it. And then, and I don't know that they do they ever come out and say werewolf. I think they had like said it, but they never really fully like. They never really go for it. No. In that respect, it reminded me of uh, the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. And uh, that trilogy that he did, and he was trying to ground it in the real world. And some of that really worked for me, and some of it, I was like, okay, whatever. But they're well-made movies, and, and I enjoyed aspects of it. But there were certain things he just didn't want to say, you know, like Batmobile, you know, or, or some, you know, right. kind of more comic booky elements of mm-hmm. it. He wanted to ground it in the real world. And I feel like this movie didn't really want to say werewolf. You know, we're... Or it might have just said wolf. It might have just said this was ju- like a wolf They did just keep attack. saying wolf, yeah. 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 I One thing I like about this movie uh, that it, it kind of has a, a leg up on the wolf man and gets more into American Werewolf in London territory is it is a monster on the loose movie, and it feels like a monster. That's what I like about American Werewolf in London over 
the Wolfman is that it feels like a real nasty creature. We right. got a real nasty creature here. Really does remind me of Ridley Scott's Alien. It does. And Predator. <laughs> yeah. And it's Predator. Like a good blend of both. Really a good. It, and I think that's the point I'm trying to make with, uh, I say this is rooted in all these movies. I'm sitting here watching this movie and I'm going, oh, this reminds me of this and this and this and this. And at no time during this movie did I think to myself, I'd rather be watching those movies instead of this movie. Exactly. It takes all of these distinctive elements and really puts them into a blender. Mm -hmm. And this really nice piece of work comes out. Yeah. And, and I can't say enough good things about it because it's, it's not a perfect movie. Um, I had a few little pacing issues with it. It's, it's nitpicking. It's okay, really, yeah, I did too. it's really nitpicking it. It's an enjoyable watch and it has a really engaging story. And I, and I really respect that about it because it's a movie that takes its time. It establishes character and location and place and tone. You have this nice mystery that bookends the movie. And then you have the, the overarching mystery, you know, of what is this, what is happening Really well done. I think, it's I think absolutely so. well done. Um, Honestly, I was I was more impressed with it than I thought I would be. Yeah, really it, the previews the previews look good, but no, they did. But we, I think we even said it in our last episode that you know sometimes a trailer that's the only good parts of the movie. You yeah. like you know, and and yeah. I hate to say that, but sometimes it's true. Like oh, this movie looks good, and then yeah, that's really the only good stuff. But this really exceeded my expectations and it works it works as that traditional horror film mm -hmm. uh the, the mysterious kind of universal movie with the atmosphere of a hammer film and then you've got that more quote-unquote modern because these movies now are 40 something years old alien predator the thing you right. know monster creature on the loose stalking people and so I, I really think it succeeds on on all three fronts and it's really it's really engaging it's a it's a it's a just a really you know, well-told story. I think it also has something to say about the elites and how they treat people. I think so, too. You know, not to get too far into that, but this is a situation that could have been handled a lot better than it was in the film when Seamus Laurent and the townspeople go and they drive these Roma out. And listen, let me tell you something. There is some horrific stuff in this movie. Uh, the, <laughs> the beast attacks are fantastic. I, I like, know. and again, not trying to spoil it, but the thing is so fast. Mm -hmm. And so there was one scene in particular where they had a character that was in a field and the thing is out there and you know it's out there and you hear it moving past the character and it swipes at him and you're, you, the camera stays on him and you don't see it swipe at him. And then you see the aftermath of what it did. And it was just, it was so well done and, and disconcerting, <laughs> you know, it was so disconcerting, but it, it does have something to say about how they treat people. And here you have this group of people, I guess we could call them minorities. Uh, you know, they're definitely minorities in that yeah. area. Uh, I, I don't know what the, what, what the makeup is, <laughs> you know, know, but <laughs> But they're definitely outsiders. Mm -hmm. And it is explicitly stated that they have a claim, a legitimate claim and right to the land. And they just go in and burn their camp. And that was uh, my favorite scene of the movie. The way that it was done was when they go in and they sack this Roma camp. And 
he did a great job. The, the directing choice there was so well done when they're, they're up on uh-huh, a hill exactly. and it's down, the camp is down the hill and the camera stays stationary and you, you see them walk down the hill. There's no cuts. It's all one take. And they walk down, they burn it. They're, 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 you know, pulling these people out by their hair. It's, it's awful and brutal. And with all of the brutal stuff in this movie, that's maybe the most mm-hmm. brutal scene, you know, and it's just, because it's so wrong. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so wrong. And the thing is, there could have been some agreement reached, you know. And that I think gets to the heart so of it. Sounds so familiar. It sounds so familiar, doesn't it, that that there are usually diplomatic solutions. I'm sure that if they sat down in good faith, there could have been something done. And let that be a lesson. Mm-hmm. But that reminds me a lot of Drag Me to Hell. You know, yeah. that situation also could have been avoided. Avoided. <laughs> You know, uh, did these people deserve to be cursed in this film? Maybe. I don't think the children, the children had nothing to do with that. But, but also it goes back to that real Old Testament wrath of God, Freddy Krueger thing. You know, the sins of the parents will be foisted upon the children and each generation has to deal with that. So it's, it's very, you know, traditional horror, (laughs) horror trope. So that was, that, that, that was a, that was a real tough scene to watch. It gets sadistic and it's not sh- nice to watch the shot was a cool choice though because i feel like most people go for like up close and loud and you know and that was just cool kind of being yeah pulled back from it but it still had such a great effect on us you know like watching it i think i think it has even more effect because you're so far back from it and mm-hmm. you're so removed and and the effect of of seeing it happen in its totality mm-hmm. right. you know because you're not down there in the middle in it, of it, right. you know, and so many times we see it where you down in the middle of it. That's, you know? that's usually the the most common shot. I feel like yeah. is to be in with it because I'm thinking specifically. There's a shot, uh, a series of shots right at the beginning of uh, John Milius's Conan, the Barbarian, uh, the 1982 picture with Arnold, and they opens with the sacking of of his uh, village by uh, Thulsa Doom, played by James Earl Jones. And uh, you, you're right there with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very visceral. You, you're down there, you know, in the muck with it. And this, it's completely different. It's a completely different point of view. I think it really works. You oh, know? I think so, too. He makes, he makes a lot of great choices throughout this. Mm-hmm. It's, the movie is very easy to watch. It uh, is. It, not, 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 not the uh, content of the scene so much. but not so much. <laughs> But it's shot in a very fluid style, you know, and, and so many of these things these days are very herky-jerky, you know, and, and, and they'll have these 1.5 to 2 second shots. I feel like this lets, it lets itself play out. Yeah, it like it breathes. It <laughs> breathes, yeah, and you get invested in it. You and do. I, and, I, and I really, really, really like that. Before we get to uh, kind of our final points here, uh, again, because I don't want to spoil this too much. I was really taken with the Boyd Holbrook performance. Uh, what did you think of him in this? I, I think this guy, I was looking at his body of work. He's He's been in some stuff, and I think he's a really wonderful character actor. I, I really enjoyed him in Logan mm-hmm. as one of the main villains, and uh, he was great in Gone Girl. He's been good in everything that I've seen him in, and he feels like one of these guys is like just waiting to pop. You know, he's he's very uh, steady. Yeah, and I feel like he is a little underrated because I really enjoyed his performance a lot, but he's not somebody that I'm very, very familiar with. I know I've seen him in Logan. 
and that probably added to the appeal of the performance because he's not he's not carrying a lot of baggage, right? You know, movie movie star baggage right. with him. But uh, he's really great in this. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed his performance, and, I and I think the movie works because of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody in this cast is really great, but he, I, I feel like it ultimately it's his story, you know, and yeah. he's carrying that secret with him. And I don't want to spoil what that secret is, but. Um, you know, and that's another, he, he's the Van Helsing of this. He's, <laughs> yes. And that's why I'm watching this and I was going, oh, Peter Cushing would have been so great mm-hmm. in this. But I'll tell you what, he's a great stand-in for Peter yeah, Cushing yeah. in this film. Yeah, he, he makes it work. He really does make it work. <laughs> and he's American. And that, that kind of blew me away when I, when uh-huh. I read that. So really good. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really surprised that he's not a quote-unquote bigger star. You know, know. We're saying he's not a, a bigger star. He was the lead in this great movie, you know. <laughs> he's working on Indiana Jones, and, and, you know, he's been in, you know, some really great uh, stuff like Logan and, and, and those kind of things. So, I mean, no, he's, he's, he's doing all right. It's just, oh, yeah. it, he just it seems like I want to see him in more stuff. Exactly. I want to see him, exactly. you know, continue honing his craft because mm-hmm. I thought he was, he was really good. Um, so... All great horror movies, and this goes back all the way back, you know, to to antiquity, but all great horror stories, and then by extension horror movies, because they didn't have movies back in antiquity. <laughs> or maybe they did. Maybe you know, did. I feel we like there's a whole about it. <laughs> there's a whole history that we've we haven't <laughs> been privy to. Watch ancient aliens, they'll let you know. <laughs> Giorgio will let you know. Um they are products of their time and speak to the fears of the time mm-hmm. we we see this with dracula uh, there's a fear of the other as we talked about there's a right. fear of the foreigner in dracula mm-hmm. dracula being the foreigner in that story there's well there's fear of the foreigner here <laughs> but one thing that was popping out to me and it's very hard not to miss it is they they call this thing a virus at one point and they, they lock did. down the village and they <laughs> gather everyone into the church and it's really kind of hard not to miss the uh <laughs> symbology there let's yeah. call it yeah so it uh it is in a way speaking to the time don't go out there there's something out there there's something out there lurking and it's going to get you there's something out there and only the pathologist can save us mhm yeah don't interesting don't go out there and it's a quote-unquote virus that is a product of the elites. It's cr- literally created by the elites in this yep. film. <laughs> Make of that what you will. You can draw your own conclusions. <laughs> very gonna, interesting. Very gonna, interesting. But I, I, I did think that was a great, uh, yeah, a great thing. Oh yeah. You know, with it, and uh, and that to me again, that's the mark of a great horror film. You know, it is a it, it speaks to the it's time in which in it was produced. Yeah. Go back to Elm Street. You know, teen suicide was a I thing. Was say. You know, teen suicide was it was a thing, and that was addressed in uh, kind of in that film, really in that third film. Mm-hmm. You know, it was addressed in. Uh, you know, the Universal films are speaking to the fear of the impending war. You know, the ones in the thirties. You know, that's coming up over in Germany. You know, mm-hmm. and it led to World War Two and. The 50s, you know, had the atomic age and those great atomic monsters. And we're living in the time after the the bomb was dropped, you know. So um, I, I think this movie, I, I hope this stands the test of time. I think it's that good. I, I think th- so. it's, yeah, I, I think this is 
going to become a minor classic. I, I hope this finds an audience and becomes a, at least a cult film because I think I, hope so. I think it, I think, I it's think there's worth. some really good stuff in this. Yeah, um, this is really good. <laughs> it really is. Uh, final verdict. If I like this movie or not? Yeah. Oh yeah. Final thoughts on it? No, I like this movie a lot. I I love the atmosphere. I like the cast. I like the story. I like the fusion of classic and modern. I'm a fan. I am too. Uh, my note here is great old school horror movie with style, atmosphere, and a lack of jump scares. Yes. Love <laughs> it. You know, we. And we, it's creeptastic. It too. is. We mentioned some of the things it reminded us of. You had mentioned in the beginning, it reminded you of the innocence. It really did when the yes, lady was standing yes. out, kind of out, I don't know which, in the field or something. And in the innocence, he always saw the lady by the water. Yes. That popped in my head too watching yeah, it. Yeah, the so innocence. It definitely. It, it definitely and, we, and, and we did make that comment while we were watching it. Mm -hmm. I guess it just didn't get put on the uh, yeah. notes. But uh, yeah, I mean, and, and that's a great Victorian era exactly. horror film, you know, kind of set in one location, mm -hmm. you know, and, and this has that feel to it too. Mm -hmm. There are some really tense moments here and they're all slow builds and then slow burns on, on the, uh, on the, uh, the scare factor, you know, coming out and just very, very well done. This guy hasn't done that many movies no. and I'm really <laughs> curious to see what he does next. This, and you said it already. It looks great. It's pretty to it's look at. It's really pretty. It's shot well. He was, I believe he was a cinematographer on this too. So yeah, I think we read that. This guy, I, I really can't wait to see what he does next. Everything about, the sound design was wonderful. The sound design wasn't splitting my eardrums no. and it wasn't that weird drone, you know, that's in so many movies, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it, it, everything just felt very in its place, right? you know, and it's like he went in and knew what story he wanted to tell, how he wanted to tell it, and he got he it got all. it. He got <laughs> it. Uh, one last note before we take a break. The special effects in this, I want to make a special note. The special effects are really, really, really good. The creature design, I, I like the creature design. Mm -hmm. and it's he, different. It's very different, but still rooted in that classic, right. that classic look. And they did as much of this in the camera, as they call it, as they could, because he said... The thing is, when you go and you put CG over film, I believe he shot this on film, too. I think I read that, uh, or parts of it, at least, on film. Uh, but he did as much of it in camera as he could because when you when you overlay CG on it, it tends to look not real. It doesn't have the weight. Mm -hmm. Everything in this movie has weight and texture. Yeah, it, does. it feels like it's there it does. on the screen. Great creature design, really great effects work seamlessly and flawlessly integrated into the movie. Uh, those effects will not take you out of the film. If anything, they put you more into the movie because there's some great... Now, there, I mean, there is some CG work in it, but uh, it's it's so well done. Oh, it, yeah. It's just it, it, really a good film, really a good flick. Yeah, this is really well done. I'm a fan. Yeah. Hi, Marks. Hi, Marks. Check this movie out if you have not seen it. We highly, highly, highly... Recommend it. I think yes, I do. think you can tell we both really liked it. We do. <laughs> and yes. if you like all those old movies that we uh, that we mentioned, I, I really think you're going to like this one. Yeah, this felt like it was right up our alley. Yeah, yeah, it really was. Really was. So, 
All right. Well, we're going to take a very short break. This is a news break, so be sure to stay tuned for all of the fake news not fit to print. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we'll see you on the other side. The first base coach for the Long Island Loons, an independent baseball team from New York, has found a way to make his players run faster than they ever dreamed possible. When they reach base, he gets in their ears and tells them if they don't run as fast as they can, he's going to make them touch his wiener. He calls the tactic hot dog persuasion, and the Loons currently lead the league in stolen bases. So, way to go. In other baseball news, if you rebroadcast a New York Yankees game without the express written permission of Major League Baseball, the ghost of Babe Ruth will come to your house and drop a deuce right on your living room rug. To add insult to injury, the ghost of the Bambino will call his shot before dropping the deuce and yells, home run, after he's finished. The lesson, don't rebroadcast New York Yankees games. Sometimes when I hear politicians and news people talking, I just want to yell, shut up, like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the movie Kindergarten Cop. That's news? No, it just makes me feel better to say it out loud. Shut up. It's not a tumor. That is the news. You can email us at latenightfrightpodcast at gmail.com. Enjoy the music. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright Horror and Sci-Fi Movie Podcast. I'm Dan. And I am Faith. Welcome back. We hope you're all doing well out there. We hope that you've had a great week. We hope that you're having a great week. And we'd like to thank you all for tuning in. And we're going to wrap it up here, our discussion on The Cursed. I, I, I don't really have anything else to say about it outside of I think this is a great film. And uh, uh I think this is going to be one in the horror canon that that people are going to uh, look at. I agree. Yeah, that's basically what I have to say myself. Is it a game changer for the werewolf genre? Only time. Only time will tell. Only time will tell. <laughs> Boyd Holbrook was in the Predator movie. I saw the preview uh, just yesterday. There's a new Predator movie coming out. I don't know how many Predator movies now this makes. Let's see. We've got the original with Arnold, then we had the sequel with Danny Glover, and then we've got the two Alien versus Predator movies. We've got Predators with Adrian Brody, and then we've got The Predator. Oh, so that's what? <laughs> five? Six? Five. I don't know. Whatever. It, you're at six with The Predator. So, so now this is going to be the seventh, seven. seventh movie. Yeah. Because we need, you know, 12 of yes. the movie. Yes. We need 12 of every, yeah. of every franchise. Yeah. That's, that's the rules. I, I gotta tell you, I am I'm very taken with the idea of this. It's coming out in August, I believe. It's premiering on Hulu, and it's set 300 years ago in a Native American uh, uh, tribe, tribal land, and they have to deal 
with the Predator. That sounds. I mean, it, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> it, it it's really cool because you're watching the trailer and they've got these two uh, young adults uh, running through this field, and you can tell it's very you know very uh, you know looks like a national park you know yeah and, and not touched by the hands of man mm-hmm. and they're out there and and he's got uh, what looks to be like a hatchet. And they're they get down in the grass because they're hiding from something. And he and he gets up to look, and the uh, the sights of the predator, mm-hmm. you know that that three the three dots, yeah, are on his uh, on his head. And you kind of hear that sound the predator makes, and it's I'm called I'm prey. So it's really okay. cool because you know it's like they're not trying to cash in on the predator name, right? You know, that's uh, pretty cool. So I, I think it like this movie is a fresh take on the werewolf genre. Maybe this is going to be a fresh take. So. On on the predator genre. Oh, I need to see the trailer. It looks really, really fantastic. Yeah. So, I uh, you know I I don't know. I don't have a problem if they if they bring back these these old franchises and keep doing things as long as they're as long as they're fun and and add something to the mythology. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I mean, I don't know. It feels though like we haven't had a lot of turnover recently. You know, we're we, we've got another predator movie coming out, and that movie came out in eighty seven. You know, um, did I hear they're doing another alien movie? You know, that, that movie is that franchise is 40 something years old. We've got a uh, Top Gun coming out uh, soon at the time of this recording. That's 30 uh, something, 35, 36 years old. We've got uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi is going to be on Disney and that's a 40 something year old franchise. So I don't know. It feels like we kind of need a little turnover you know we've been we've been at the marvel movies now for for over a decade Mm and uh be be neat to have a a a new story you know i think so new set of characters you you get a little burnt out even the fast and the furious 20 something years old yeah it's a lot of it there are more fast and furious movies than there are freddy krueger movies i think (laughs) so but uh, no but honestly this predator movie looks very very interesting yeah, I'm going to watch the trailer. It sounds really good. Yeah, sounds pretty good. So everyone out there, check it out. Let us know your thoughts at Late Night Fright Podcast at gmail.com. So that does it for The Conjuring. We have another new flick. Did you just say The Conjuring? We're not doing The Conjuring. The Cursed. <laughs> I was like, wait. The Cursed. Retrograde's really getting you. Retrograde is getting me. Not. <laughs> that does it for The Cursed. <laughs> we have another new movie that we're going to be doing next week, and it stars the one and only Bruce Campbell. The movie is called Black Friday. We did not know that this movie existed until we got on Voodoo and saw it as a featured at-home rental. It has to do with a store on Black Friday. That's right, everybody's favorite shopping day, the day after Thanksgiving. Why is it that that's the day? Who, I don't know. Why do you want to go decided, shopping at 4 a.m. after you've had like a buttload of turkey the night before? Who like, decided that's the day when we're going to all go shopping and lose our collective mind? I don't know. I guess it's, you know, close to Christmas. I don't I know. Guess, I, don't I don't know. know. I, you know, I feel like I miss the staff meetings, so I don't get a vote. So anyway. They're probably like, look, a lot of people are going to be together for Thanksgiving. If we keep them together in a bundle... We'll have all these sales. They'll come shopping together okay. in a group. They'll spend more money. So, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, so it's about a uh, about a department store on Black Friday, and there's some kind of alien virus or something. Anyway, it looks like Night of the Living Dead in a in, <laughs> in a, a shopping store, in a department yeah. store. Yeah, and Bruce Campbell's in it, and that's always that's, that's, that's always yeah. good. So it's going to be an immediate two stars for me. 
We'll see if it can get those other two. So it looks like a whole lot of fun. We haven't seen it. It's going to be a first-time watch. So if you're watching along at home, the next movie is Black Friday. And this is a 2022 movie, I believe. Yeah, so it's, it's, we're on the new movie we're kick. On that, we're on that new movie kick. And so, so far, we haven't been disappointed. And it's, I know. I hate to say it. It's kind of shocking. It is kind of shocking. <laughs> sorry. It's, it's just, you know, most new movies today, I'm just like, no. Turn it off. <laughs> but this one, uh, we, yeah, I, I'm I'm very happy, very happy. Yeah, me too. With uh, <laughs> with what we've what we've had. So, well, we hope you're doing well. As we said, hope you're happy, healthy, staying sane and safe. You don't need us to tell you that times are weird. And at the time of this recording, it's retrograde, so you're probably dropping are. a whole bunch of stuff and and uh and and just you know try not to lose your collective mind. Yes. Well, guess what? We're gonna be out <laughs> of it soon, people. We're gonna be out of it soon. <laughs> so. Like a little over. Over a week or so, or two weeks. That's right. <laughs> we can do it. We can do it. We can. We're all in this together, and we are all in this together. So, uh, in the words of the late great Don Cornelius, the host of Soul Train, as I'm so fond of saying, "Be good to yourself. Be good to your neighbor. Remember, we're all we've got." So, yep. That does it for this episode. You can email us at late night fright podcast at gmail.com. Really, seriously, I would love to hear from each and every one of you. Introduce yourself. Tell us what your favorite horror movie is. Tell us what your favorite creature is. If you have a recommendation for us, please let us know. We had a lot of fun uh, doing Ernest Scared Stupid a few uh, yes. a few months ago. So if you've got one that you'd like, like for us to get to, uh, let us know. And thank you, as always, for tuning in. If you feel so inclined, leave us a review on iTunes. Tell all your friends about us. Get the word out. So there you go. Faith, it feels like it's that time, doesn't it? It does. It does. If we snap our fingers, can we make the magic happen once again? On the count of three, can we make the music play? We got to try. One, two, three. There it is. Time to say goodbye. Before we close out the show tonight, we'd like to wish a happy trails to Fred Ward, great character actor. He appeared in The Right Stuff, Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins. He had a he had a he had a long, distinguished career. Very gruff character actor with a heart of gold. He's in one of our favorite movies that we covered here on the show, Tremors. So Fred Ward, happy trails. Absolutely. 79 years old. Check out his work. Check out Kenneth Welsh. Be good to yourself and your neighbor. Take us home, Faith. May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be you vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep Keep your your monster monster on a leash. leash. See you on the other side.